is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, gang, let's do this. Game five tonight in Las Vegas. Jets backs against the wall facing elimination. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus, game five tonight. And uh, we've moved on from two, well, two really crushing losses at home. We know what the situation is, and it is, uh, you want to call it must win? Correct. You want to call it can't lose? That is also correct because there is no tomorrow if the Jets can't get a win tonight. The team, as we go live on the air here on YouTube at 1 o'clock, is on the ice right now. Ken Weeb's going to join us from Vegas a little bit later on. And uh, we can tell you there's good news, at least right out of the gate. Nikolai Ehlers is out there for the morning skate. We will await confirmation from Rick Bonus after the skate as to Ehlers' status. We'll get to all this, some updates that are just coming in from the likes of Ken, Murad, and Jeff, who are there in Vegas right now. We're also going to head to Vegas and... Uh, get a bit of the uh, feel for what's going on behind the scenes around the team and talk about the series with our great friend Sarah Orleski, who is there. And then, as I mentioned, Ken Weave a little bit later on. Uh, we're not going to forget about the Moose or Ice, though, who both have playoff series beginning tomorrow here in Winnipeg. Jeff Malott, a little later on in the second hour of the program, we'll also have a quick check-in with the Ice and Matt Savoy, who has been an absolute beast so far in the playoffs with 18 points, 9 goals, 9 assists in 10 games before the ice get ready for the Saskatoon Blades tomorrow to open up round three. So uh, busy show today. We'll get to last night's action in the National Hockey League as well as also hit the other games in the playoffs this evening. Um, but just before I bring in Michael Remus, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. And, of course, a big welcome to everyone with us live on YouTube. Our friends at CoolBet, Princess Auto, Modern Man Barbershops, Aquatech, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, and the great taste of Little Brown Jug. And, of course, we'll get to a why not question of the day at some point in the show for our friends at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, this is it. No tomorrow. Throw all the cliches out there, all applicable tonight. Jets got to find a way to win a hockey game and get this thing back to the peg for game six in front of the whiteout. Yeah, we've hit the... We've hit the trifecta here, Hus. Biggest game of the year. Must win. Can't lose. Uh, putting it all on the line. Uh, you know, everything. So this is it. You know, it could be tomorrow's show. It could be very different. <laughs> We're preparing for two different scenarios. It could be the end of the season, or it could be getting ready for another home game, another awesome whiteout here in Winnipeg on Saturday. And, I mean, the Jets, we know they're in a tough spot. Being down 3-1, but being in a tough spot without Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley. And we're waiting and seeing what happens with Nikolai Ehlers. We're hanging on. We're just refreshing Ken's Twitter right now before he comes on what he's saying. So um, this is going to be exciting, and we'll have to wait a bit longer as it's a 9 p.m. Central time start. Well, yeah, and listen, we'll get to the other uh, you know playoff games and playoff news while we wait. And, of course, Sarah's going to join us before Ken does from Vegas after we hear from uh, Coach Bonus. Uh, but Hammer's there, and this is the tweet that he just dropped six minutes ago. Nikolai Ehlers is on the ice for morning skate. A good sign 
He'll be in tonight for Game 5, but we'll wait to hear for confirmation. Um, both PLD and Stenny, Kevin Stenland, both missed practice yesterday, are also on the ice. But interestingly, Jeff notes, uh, Reem, that Mason Appleton, who left practice early yesterday, is not on the ice. I'm not sure. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be just, um, you know, typical of, um, you know, the Murphy's Law nature of what's happened to the Jets over the past week or so? If Appleton, who's been such a big part of that Lowry, Baron, Appleton line that, um, you know, has contributed so much in this series, somehow gets hurt during practice. Um, either that or maybe he was trying something out. Bottom line is we'll also try to see what happens with uh, Appleton's status for tonight because that could significantly change the look of the third line as, um, you know, he really has been a constant alongside Adam Lowry for the majority of the season. But I think it's pretty clear the biggest question mark to tonight for the Winnipeg Jets We'll find out during this program is whether Nikolai Ehlers is going to give it a go. And man, could they use an injection of Ehlers into the lineup considering Mark Scheifele has been officially ruled out for game five. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll know when Rick Bonus speaks. Uh, Les does write in chat, what do we actually expect Bones to confirm anything? I think that's a valid question. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Legit. What legit. Yeah, that's a legit question. Maybe they'll say, oh, game time decision. But I mean, they let him speak yesterday. Ken did ask him, you know, was asking a bunch of questions. We're going to play those. Um, seems like it's trending. Yes. However, we have been fooled before. Like when he was practicing after not practicing, took power play time yesterday. He practiced in power play one and power play two. So I think it, it we're trending towards. Yeah, but we'll see. And yeah, Ken saying no, no Appleton that Ken speculates. He might just be skipping the skate and get we'll wait for Rick bonus. Uh, later on, you know, towards closer to two o'clock. Yeah. Um, again, the Appleton is sort of new. He, of course, has played in the games, and I don't believe there was any, you know, injury that we saw, you know, coming out of Game Four. I mean, just somewhat concerning that he's not there right now and had to leave practice early yesterday. But again, that's something that we will uh, we will focus on a little bit later, uh, a little bit later on. But uh, you know, when it comes down to it, Reem. And I'm going to ask Sarah about this, you know, how that this may affect the team. Um, I have to admit that the, the extra day between game four and game five, I can certainly say it from a fan's perspective, was um, was important. Um, you know, obviously when you lose in the fashion that the Jets did at home with so much on the line, you know, it definitely takes a toll. It's a real emotional down you know, you kind of get back on the horse the next day. And we, of course, I mean, you could probably hear the tone of the, the show on Monday after the loss on, or sorry, the show on Tuesday after the loss on Monday was a little down. But now that we get to Thursday, realize that, hey, this team is still in the playoffs. They still have an opportunity. And man, I'll say this. Uh, I've heard plenty of people, um, not necessarily in the Winnipeg media, although some, as well as others in the Vegas media, basically already setting up a second round series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm here to tell you that neither of these teams have complete, uh, completed the job yet. And the Winnipeg Jets are not finished. The Los Angeles Kings are not finished right now. Um, and maybe more so in hockey than any of the other leagues in North American professional sports, we see comebacks all the time. They all start with one win. The Tampa Bay Lightning are in a similar situation tonight as the Winnipeg Jets are. 
The Jets will be in that later on for the late puck drop. And um, it's pretty simple. And Rick Bonus has said this. Find a way to win a shift, to win the period, to win a game and get this series back to Winnipeg and live to play another day. Um, <clears throat> if they're able to do that, I have no doubt that the atmosphere and the fans and everything will bring it. And hopefully we can have a different result in front of the whiteout on Sunday. Um, and if you're able to get this thing back to Vegas, it's anybody's game. Um, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the injuries, but also the guys that are going to need to step up. And I mean, to me, it starts with three players, regardless of whether Nikolai Ehlers is in or whether Nikolai Ehlers is out. Uh, we need to see game one, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor. And we need to see Vesna-level uh, Vesna Connor Hellebuck tonight, who, um, again, has not been poor by any stretch of the imagination in this series, but I think would agree that he's got one more save, he's got one more level to go to, and if the Jets are going to spoil the party in Vegas tonight and get this thing back to Winnipeg, those three, starting with Hellebuck, are going to need to lead the way. Yeah, and we mentioned uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois on the ice. He did not skate yesterday, was watching practice, and Stanley, Kevin Stenland, He's participating after not practicing. And yeah, they're going to need, they want to win. They need their best players to be their best players. Kyle Connor, um, you know, he's been, there was their top scorer during the year. You're going to need that from him. Pierre Luc Dubois as well. Um, I think Blake Wheeler is giving it pretty much 110% this series. So, um, you know, you're going to need, again, top guys got to score. It's pretty, sounds pretty simple. So we'll have to see uh, if they can do it. Scoring on five on five, going to be huge penetrating this Vegas defense with their speed. Um, I think it's a tough task, but they've shown even with the injuries, they can hang with Vegas. And I see a lot of people in chat mentioning what happened last night. You know, the Jets in a game five on the road. Well, I mean, Seattle winning on the road yesterday in Colorado without their top scorer, Matty Berniers. I know Colorado was also missing their... No, Jared McCann. Sorry, Jared McCann. My, my mistake. All, Jared, all 40 goals of yeah, Jared sorry, McCann. Jared McCann. I don't know why I said he, I don't know why I said Berniers. Anyways, got excited. Jared McCann. And also uh Florida winning on the road against Boston. So I don't I don't see the fans of those teams saying, you know, they gotta get rid of every longstanding uh home tradition after losing games on the road. But I think it just shows us that in the NHL now, and, I, and Trevor said it earlier this week, it's not as much of an advantage anymore being at home on the road just based on the luxury travel hasn't and, been in the playoffs itself. this year. Yeah, it hasn't been for sure. Um, and, and I mean, this goes back to a couple days ago when the Islanders were the first ones to pull themselves up off the mat, get on the plane, get on the road, and go in and beat a higher seeded team to stay alive and force a game six back at home. And then, as you mentioned, the Florida Panthers did that last night. That game was absolutely nuts. Um, <laughs> This reminded me of, you know, during the Maurice era when things weren't going well here and the Jets would somehow win a game and you look at the shot clock afterwards and you realize that the Jets are outshot, you know, 48-23 and Connor Hellebuck made 46 saves and they somehow escaped with a win. That was exactly what happened last night to the, um, to the Bruins and the Florida Panthers. The Bruins were all over them for the majority of the 60 minutes. Um and of all the guys, it was Bob, Sergei Brabovsky, who had basically lost his job to Spencer Knight, then was the backup behind Alex Lyon for the last little while. He got the nod from Maurice with the uh, with the season on the line. And Reem, I'm not sure if you caught this, 
But Emily Kaplan did a, <laughs> a, 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 an inter, an, a, a bench interview with Maurice right before the game, asking him about his decision to play Sergei Bobrovsky over Alex Lyon. And, you know, Maurice in his classic diplomatic fashion said, well, there was no wrong decision. You know, it was really 50-50. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I went with Bob over a young Lyon. Young, he's 30 years old, by the way. Um, but Bobrovsky was the guy, you know, he's paid to handle this pressure. And we were going to go with him. And they panned out. And he wasn't more than two feet away from Lyon while he was saying this. I don't think I've ever heard a guy talk about starting someone else within earshot of another player on an NHL bench. That being said, Bobrovsky was massive. And that save he made, we talk about series savers and season savers. Brad Marchand had a clear-cut breakaway in a 3-3 game with five seconds left in the game going in. I think he got the shot off with about one second left on the clock. Bobrovsky stuck out the leg, got them to OT. And then ironically, it was a puck handling miscue by Linus Ulmark, um, who turned the puck over behind his own net after all the pressure had been in the Florida zone. It pops out to Matthew Kachuk, and of course he makes it happen. And the Panthers live to see another day. So listen, maybe the Jets have been watching this, seeing teams that were counted out, find a way to win in the playoffs. And, um, no one cares how you got there, just as long as if you did. No one's going to be talking about style points for the Panthers in that win, just that their home fans are going to get a chance to see them play for their season again in game number six, and that's got to be what the Jets uh, get done tonight. Yeah, Matthew Kachak, man, this guy's been an unbelievable acquisition for Florida during the season, 109 points in 79 games in the playoffs, seven and five, including that... Overtime winner. I'll be honest, as like I didn't see the turnover at all. Um, it was that board ad, the Harvey's board ad with the the puck swerving by the board. Like I, I, Allmark has the puck and this thing behind Great him. Great timing for Harvey's. Great like, timing for Harvey's. Is someone that's for controlling sure. that or is that on a timer? Because like I watched the, re I had to watch the replay like five times to actually be like, oh, Allmark had the puck there. I couldn't even see because there's this movie. Playing behind him on the boards. So thankfully, um, the American, you know, which didn't have as intrusive board ads, uh, that replay was on on Twitter. So I was able to get a good look of it. But um, I tweeted out that I really couldn't see. And I honestly, I had trouble seeing that he had the puck because this thing is just whizzing by him. Or maybe it was, you know, someone tweeted as a joke that maybe Allmark saw the Harvey's ad and just got hungry and had to give the puck away to... <laughs> to the Panthers and give up the overtime winner. What did he say after? Goldfish brain on that play? Allmark, whatever whatever that means. But, hey, you know. That, that's got to be a, a European term, Scandinavian term. Yeah, but anyways, uh, people, look, people, I know people are sick of uh, hearing me talk about board ads. So I'll move on and say, look, you're seeing teams win on the road over and over again. I know the Jets have injuries. They have shown they can play with Vegas, and it has been just like a, a margin this small for except for game two, but games three and four for sure. So uh, I wouldn't count them out. Even either, game Huss. two though. I mean, the margin for me in game two was, I mean, Connor not capitalizing in the first period. The Jets could have been up two, three, four zip after the first period, mm -hmm. you know, considering the way they played and, and you know, credit to Vegas. They weren't going to go out like that, you know, in back-to-back -back games at home and they came back with a big push and, 
I mean, obviously a double overtime game goes either way. And, you know, in game number four, um, you know, I think the Jets, you know, pushed a lot, but, you know, we're seeing injuries pile up. That being said, as depressing as it is to not have some of these key players for the Winnipeg Jets that have been such a big part of this team for a long, long time, especially this season. The one thing, and again, I, I, I'm glass half full here right now, Remo, trying to give reasons why we should feel some level of optimism and be excited for this game tonight, other than the fact that it's still the Jets and the Stanley Cup playoffs and they're still alive, is the fact that if you look at this team's record over the course of this year and look at some of their best wins, some of the most unexpected wins, but the way that they have come together and played as a team, it has been during their greatest adversity and the biggest uh, injuries of the season. Um, you know, many people go back to the return of Ehlers and Wheeler and Schmidt. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, in January, at which Perfetti. point that, um, yeah, Cole, that, you know, things sort of, you know, went went south. And it makes no sense. I mean, you're getting better players, more established players back in, but I think it is somewhat of a mindset. And this team has shown that they can claw and scratch and hang in hockey games without their full lineup. And it's pretty clear that's what they're going to need to do with or without Ehlers in the lineup tonight because you know Josh Morrissey is out and the loss of Mark Scheifele really stings as well, certainly when it comes at least to the offensive firepower of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and you know, look, they played well. You know, they won games where you thought, oh, yeah, they're playing not great, and they got counted out. I, I do remember that weekend series going into Florida. Like, they were in such a rough spot and uh, won both of those. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, I think there's they're capable of surprising us. It's hard for us here, you know, being on the ropes 3-1, but it seems like they're having the right attitude uh, going into it. Uh, just an update from Ken. He says, uh, Dave Riddick didn't skate. With the main group, Hellebuck will make his 69th start of the season tonight for the Jets. Uh, so, and that's a really nice number, Huss, and, and a lot of, we just talked about the workload that he's had. And I know it's been talked here, like Gary mentioned it yesterday. Um, are they working him too hard where he's not able to be at his best in the playoffs? And I think that's a conversation that might we might be able to have, you know, following the end of the season going into next year with, you know, Riddick is what a UFA after this year. He got what a one-year deal. Ken, um, Ken Ken brought that up. I'll be honest. I, I don't subscribe to that at all. I think Hellebuck's fully capable of playing as much as he did and even more. Um, and if I mean to be honest, if you look at when he played the best of the entire year, it was down the stretch with the season on the line, where he was being rolled out night after night with 13, 13 straight starts. Would the team have liked to have put themselves in a position? Should they have been in a position where they didn't need to do that? Yeah, but that wasn't the case. And um, he rose to the occasion. He got it done. And I think we'll see a, a determined Connor Hellebuck doing everything he can to keep the pucks out of his net and uh, help his team win a hockey game tonight. Um, and again, people will have different opinions on that. And I know the numbers will tell you that you know, you would like to have maybe a little bit of a lesser workload. Uh, bottom line is he had some time off before this series. And again, it's not like he's really struggled. I mean, you know, there's been some a few bad breaks, as he talked about at the airport before heading out. But I mean, I don't think we can really look at, you know, a bunch of bad goals that, you know, are just, 
you know, screaming, oh my God, this guy's tired and overplayed. Hey, they're playing a good team. Some of these goals have been real playoff goals. Um, you know, tips, deflections, uh, making quick decisions and putting them in after turnovers like we saw in the uh, in the double overtime of game five. So Hellbuck's going to need to show up and be his best. I think he'll do exactly that. My big question is what the Winnipeg Jets can get out of, well, especially their top six. We talked about it yesterday. Um, like, I'm not going to say it was a disappointing. Well, it was sort of a disappointing game, actually, for Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, considering the stakes and how much is on their shoulders, fairly or unfairly, when, you know, Wheelers is out and when Morrissey's out and when Shifley goes out early in the game. Um, you know, you, you look to your top dogs to make that difference. And, you know, they weren't able to do it in game four, but they've got another chance to do it tonight. Certainly think we'll see uh, more from that Winnipeg Jet top line. And if Nikolai Ehlers is able to play tonight, Reem, uh, the one thing, I mean, he might not be as sharp as he might normally be. He might not be 100%, but I absolutely guarantee that we will notice Nikolai Ehlers. He'll make a difference in this game tonight, and he will look like a guy that is um, – all in trying to make the most of a late opportunity to get into a series that has probably been absolutely killing him to be watching from the press box. Yeah, well, they need to replace uh, Mark Shifley, and I don't know if they're going, I haven't seen line rushes yet, but if they go with Nemestikov, Ehlers, uh, Wheeler, you know, he gives them some speed. Uh, You know, he's got a shot. They're going to need him on the power play. He practiced on both. Uh, So they're a better team with him in the lineup, and you hope he can go in some capacity. They were uh, checking his like ability to play physical yesterday, and I think you're training towards that he'll be in, but we'll have to wait and see until it's official. And that we may not know until, what, like right before game time. So uh, the Ehlers speculation, now we're already uh, tw- 23 min- minutes into it here. Yeah, well, as I say, uh, pins and needles for Jet fans, hoping the 27 can at least come back and uh, help boost up the offense that has taken a big hit on a couple of occasions through this series, you know, without Morrissey and now without Mark Shifley in the lineup tonight. Um, All right, we're going to hear a little bit from the Jets, hear from Sarah Oleski in a second. Uh, But Modern Man Barbershops is uh, now open with eight locations in Winnipeg as they continue to grow. Visit their newest two locations in Winnipeg, or any modern man, but the two newest ones on Pemina Highway, right near Bishop, close to the university, and on the east side of town over on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com and follow them on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops.com at Modern Bad Barbershops over on Insta. And hey, with the summer right around the corner, um, why don't you make 2023 the year you take the plunge with AquaTech? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. The AquaTech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And while you're thinking about a big project in the backyard, Whole home renovations start with AquaTech as well. With thousands of renovations as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in your home. If you're looking to finance, their team can provide plans that suit you. AquaTech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. 
Uh, hey, nice outside today. We got this fog clearing, and uh, we are going to have some nice weather coming up in the next little while. So the good times keep rolling. We do have the whiteout. We still have the hope that the Jets can bring this series back to Winnipeg. Um, but our friends at Manitoba Battery continue to celebrate their 10th birthday with more and more sales for everyone getting ready for summer fun. This time they're blowing out golf cart batteries so you can enjoy your beautiful Manitoba courses or bomb around from friend to friend at your summer getaway. Six-volt golf cart batteries are now $167. Eight-volt golf cart batteries are $177. And that's just the beginning of the value. Those prices include free delivery anywhere within city limits. And when you return your cores to Manitoba Battery, you'll receive another $17.50 off what is already the lowest price in Manitoba for golf cart batteries. Get them now so you can be ready for May long weekend and summer fun. The sale goes from now until May 6th. For more information, go to manitobabattery.com or pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. Uh, big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. I don't know what happened to his internet. It's gone. But as we wait for him to return, uh, we do have our conversation with Hustler who caught up with Sarah Orleski uh, before the show. So here is Hustler's conversation with Sarah. Sarah, what's going on? Thanks for joining us. How uh, how's the vibe around the squad going into uh, an elimination scenario tonight? You, you know what? I think that it's good. Honest. I, I mean, we'll see how everything obviously transpires today, and I'm sure that the um, nerves and anxiousness will get going as we get closer and closer to puck drop for everybody. But especially going off of practice. Um, yesterday, I thought that everyone was in a really good mood. You saw a lot of is joking around. They were loose on the ice. Uh, you know, there's a lot of banter back and forth between them, which I think is a really good sign for them. Um, so we'll see how it all goes. But I think that guys know, I mean, you can throw out every cliche you want about the season being on the line and they're, you know, this is it. There could be no tomorrow. So I think that they're ready for it. I expect them to come out really hard tonight. You know, uh, well, I don't doubt that at all. And I think, you know, we've got to give a lot of credit to the guys that are in the lineup for, um, you know, the, the, listen, what they've been doing and the, the lack of quit in the club. I mean, we all remember that, the comeback Absolutely. in game three and even battling in, in, in game number uh, four. I will say this, though. It seems like, I mean, they are getting everything thrown at them by the hockey gods when it comes to injuries and some bounces. And I have to say, I can tell you from a fan's perspective, talking to a number of people here on the show and off air, the fan base, I think, really needed that extra game between these two losses at home. And I would imagine that this extra day probably is good for the Jets, regardless of whether they're able to get a little more help in the lineup. Um, just the time being away from those two games at home, refocusing um, and getting ready for a game that, um, let's face it, their season's on the line. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's truly incredible when you do mention about all the injuries, obviously, that they have to contend with, because you're not just talking. It's not like you're talking about depth players, not that you want to lose anyone out of your lineup, but to to look at this, that we are only going in to game five now, and you think of the injuries that they have had to contend with and the bounces that they have had um, go against them for it. It's really incredible. You'd think, I mean, you might never lose this many um, marquee players in an entire playoff, you know, run, deep run for it. And for it to happen within four games is pretty is pretty crazy for it. But I think that the day off probably was 
idea regroup. Um, the team flew out on Tuesday, so they had the extra day here as well. And I think just refocus for it. But yeah, I think that that it um, it should be a great one here tonight. As you know that the environment is going to be, it's so great in Winnipeg. Um, I can't say enough tremendous things. And I say this, I think anytime that there has been a whiteout, as somebody and you're one of the proudest Winnipeggers uh, that I know, it's impossible to not give you some goosebumps when you look at the way that fans turn up for that whiteout. And I know that they weren't rewarded with wins in games three and four, but that energy in there is unlike anything else. And so uh, to be able to, then they come down here, you know, it's going to be a crazy environment inside uh, this building, inside T-Mobile tonight. But it, um, yeah, I think that just that chance to regroup, to be back out on to refocus for it. And this is a group that Rick Bonus will have ready. No doubt about it. Well, and, and again, bringing it back to uh, bringing it back to the injuries that they've suffered. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Nick, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the Nikolai Ehlers scenario has been the most bizarre of it all. And I mean, I get pissed off just talking about it because of how it happened in the first place in game 81 on a complete cheap shot from Ryan Hartman, who got one regular season game. Well, we won't go down that rabbit hole. I mean, the, the extra day to potentially give Ehlers the opportunity to possibly get back in the lineup obviously would be a big boost. But I mean, you've been around the team. I've been thinking about him a lot, especially at the games um, in Winnipeg in games three and four in that atmosphere, how long he's been with the club, how absolutely excruciating that must have been for him to be around the team and to be watching that, knowing what a difference he could possibly make in a game where the margin between winning and losing is so tiny. Absolutely. And and this has been such a challenging season in terms of the injuries that he's had to contend with when you look at the regular season. And I think that, you know, any player obviously wants to be out there and wants to be helping their group. But when you know that you can make the impact that a Nikolai Ehlers can, and then you see Mark Shifley out injured, I just think that the... I can't even imagine, to be honest, what truly what was going through his mind and emotions because it's that helpless feeling, I'm sure, of sitting up there in the press box and everything, you know, it's, it's easier to see everything from the bird's eye view up there and everything and get a different perspective on it, but to know the difference that he could make for it. And I've thought that when I walked past him, you see Josh Morrissey sitting up in the press box too. I just... I can't, yeah, I can't imagine that when you look at everything that this team has had to deal with this year, the ups, the downs, knowing, um, you know, that this could be the end of their season to to be watching um, from up above is so difficult. But Nikolai Ehlers, he was joking yesterday, I don't know if you saw, he and um, Kenny were going for it. Kenny said this was the best he thought he'd looked and he was giving uh, Weber a hard time. Like, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you mean on the ice or off and going back? So the banter was certainly out there. Uh, he'd look to be in a good mood and you know that he's going to, if there's any way that they're waiting for the medical clearance, but if there's any way for him to be out there and um, not make anything worse than, than what he's already dealing with, you know that he's going to want to be out there and try to be that difference maker for this team. Well, with or without Nikolai Ehlers, um, <clears throat> this team started the season without a captain, but with three guys with A's on their jerseys. Um, Josh Morrissey's out for the series. Nick, Mark Shifley certainly has already been ruled out for tonight. So I don't know whether they just put a C on Adam Lowry because he's the only <laughs> one left of this group or leave it on the A. Um, however, 
I did want to bring up Adam Lowry's performance because right from the get-go, he has risen his level of play to, um, you know, to a spot that obviously was a huge part of game one. And I mean, <clears throat> it really is sad that the team didn't win game three because that goal to tie the game would, it'll already be remembered fondly by Jet fans forever. But, um, you know, to have that being the catalyst to getting a win would have made it even uh, more of a legendary goal. That being said, um, I mean, you're around the team and behind the scenes. I think we've seen a lot from the content you guys have put out what Adam Lowry means to this team. But uh, through this playoffs, it's even been uh, more upfront than before. And um, the guy's just doing everything. And I, I imagine he in particular will um, be leaving it all out on the ice as he's done throughout the season, but especially right now, considering the predicament that he's teams going in. Just your thoughts on what we've seen from 17 throughout this series. Well, I describe it as being a coming out party for Adam Lowry, especially when you look at just the magnitude, obviously, of the postseason, but then all eyes being on it. Back to 2018, that was kind of the way that we described it with with Shifley, um, just on, on that scale, the number of people that were talking about him outside of the market and just really putting a stamp on it. And I think that's the case for Lowry this year. And and go back, I mean, we know what Adam Lowry has meant to this team um, over the years, this season. We know that whether it was with Paul Maurice or with Rick Bonus, the matchups that he would often get, and, and just the importance, the leadership both on and off the ice. But go back a couple games before the end of the season, that fight in Minnesota. And, I mean, you mentioned the content, that that visual of him coming off the ice after that fight with Reeves and Brendan Dillon coming out of the room and, and everything. I think that it really, for me, that was the beginning of the next level, if that really makes sense. I think a lot that had a lot of people talking. And then just the way that he has continued throughout this postseason, you expect to see him, you know, not only be physical to get those tough matchups as well, but I expect to see him in front of the net exactly what you said, leaving it all out there, doing whatever it takes for it. And, and it is so disappointing that that game three did not end um, in a win for the Jets, the way that they fought back. But I think that you look at that game three and think, okay, we know the fight that this team have. And yes, it's, you know, that it, they are without, they're without star players. That being said, this is a group that you have to play as a team that every cliche that you could throw out about next man up and that mentality and think about what an amazing story it would be if the Jets are able to find that next gear, if the Jets are able to come out with that win, force a game six, potentially force that game seven as well. And, you know, it's um, if they have an opportunity to really leave a mark um, on the on the organization, on um, this fan base as well, and leading the charge, absolutely, I think will be Adam Lowry. Well, you got to get it tonight. And, um, I mean, Adam Lowry and the rest of the guys that are in the lineup will be doing everything they can to get the series back to Winnipeg. Um, but with players like Shifley and Morrissey and potentially, hopefully not, potentially Ehlers not being in the lineup, um, it, it does often fall on the shoulders of, you know, your top players to um, make a big play or raise their level of play. And, you know, by the same time, I think there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of opportunity for guys like Dubois, Kyle Connor to, um, you know, show how valuable they are to this club. And certainly when it comes to Kyle Connor Hellebuck, I mean, it's not like he hasn't been good in this series. Um, but I think he of anyone knows that 
he has the ability to be that difference maker tonight. And um, I'm certainly expecting the best of Connor Hellebuck, but just a thought on everything that's on the shoulders of those players, but also what could be if they can get the job done tonight and get this thing back to six. It's when heroes are made, right, in the postseason. And this is if you want to be considered the best, you don't want to just be considered the best in the regular season. You need to be able to prove that you can do it in the postseason. And that doesn't hold true just for the Jets. I mean, you think about how many players throughout – um, star players throughout the league that we've talked about needing to take that next step. They've proven what they can do in the regular season. It's about showing up and, ma- and being that difference maker in the postseason. I think that the way that you described Hellebuck is accurate. Well, he's been he's been good in this series. I don't think he has been up to this point. He hasn't been great in that series where you look and go, he's stolen them that game. And I think that right now, especially with the injuries that they are contending with, that they need him to steal them a game. They need him to play lights out. And we know that he can do it. We've seen what Connor Hallibuck obviously is able to do and, and that elite goaltender. And there is nobody that wants to win, you know, more than Connor Hellebuck does, you know, how fiercely competitive he is that and I would expect to see um, his best game, but certainly the pressure is on the star players. I think that when you look at the difference that the star players have made for Vegas and the star players for Winnipeg have to give the edge just in terms of production to Vegas. And so Winnipeg needs to change that tonight because as much as you can love your depth players and depth is important everything, when everything is on the line, who do you need to step up? You need your best players to lead the way. And so I think it tells you a lot about players. It tells you a lot um, about the team with what you see. And just with this group here, they have the ability to do it. So now they need to show it tonight this game. But definitely a lot of eyes, a lot of pressure will be on that group, but I expect them to respond. Sarah Oleski uh, with us from Las Vegas before tonight's game five. Puck dropping around nine o'clock Winnipeg time from the T-Mobile Arena. Um, you know, we knew that Rick Bonus had the longest resume of anyone in the National Hockey League with the 2,600 games. He's been there. He's seen it. He's done it. Uh, I have been interested in seeing how Bones has handled, um, you know, the media over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, very clearly believes in his club. Uh, I think is proud of the fight that his club has shown, despite everything that's been shown mm-hmm. at him. Um, but still pretty upbeat, still cracking a smile, still having a, um, some fun with the local media when they're asking about who's in and who's out. Um, <laughs> but but what has come out to me over the course of there has been a little bit of a. Uh, I mean, certainly resilience, but almost a defiance from Rick Bonus of a lot of people that sort of wrote this series off as over after game four on Sunday or on Monday. Well, I think you'd be concerned if you didn't hear that. Right. I mean, for any coach, you want it. Same thing if you had if you heard any sort of defeatist attitude from a coach from players in the room then you would really be concerned for it good point this this, but you look this is a team that although this is you know a one in eight series and that that winnipeg has obviously we all know the struggles that winnipeg had down the stretch and in the back half of that season but we also know that this team has um a lot of potential and so this is something that i think rick bonus can have um, should have faith in this group for what they can do. And there, you know, as much as there's a lot of pressure on the jets, right? The old cliche, you know, fourth wins, always the toughest. It's true that the arena is going to be so, 
um, energized this evening for Vegas. And you know that Vegas does not want to hop on a plane and go back to Winnipeg. They want to close this out. Not only do you not want to give um, any life to your opponent, but you don't want to make that trek back and forth uh, and have to go back to Winnipeg. You want to win it in front of your fans. And so there's a lot of pressure on Vegas to be able to close it out. And Vegas hasn't historically done well in game in game fives. Um, I mean, still a relatively small sample size, but look at it that it's a difficult game in order to close out. So there's a lot of, there's pressure on both sides for different reasons. So matter of obviously who's able to step up and Connor Hallibuck needs to step up. The players in front of him need to step up too, because you got to be able to score goals and you got to get some pass Lauren Bersois, however you do it in order to be able to get the win. Yeah, well, there's no tomorrow if uh, the team uh, can't get a win tonight. We hope they will. We'll have playoff hockey downtown in Winnipeg with the Whiteout back on Saturday. Um, still time TVA. Uh, Sarah, before we go, I mean, obviously you and uh, the runway crew and the, the jet staff have been doing some uh, some great content. There's the shorts coming through uh, out from each game. But I did want to ask you about coming back to Vegas where the team played so well in that first game and especially in the first period of game number two. There was the Morgan Barron incident, which I think was, I mean, I had a hard time looking at the replay at the beginning yeah. of the games because it was just so, um, it was just something that I think could be so, uh, well, I mean, listen, that very, very dangerous and turns the stomach a little bit from from a behind the scenes standpoint. Um, what, what did you see about that incident, um, the recovery of it, him coming back out to the game? Um, and, and I'll tease it a little bit. I'm sure that will win or lose be a significant part of uh, one of the many stories of the Jets playoffs that you guys will put in the runway that uh, wraps it all up uh, whenever the playoffs are over. Absolutely. But I think it goes down in hockey lore. Like it's just you know, this, it's not just, um, I mean, to be able to come back, I don't know about you, Huss, and I don't know what your pain tolerance is like, but adrenaline or not, the idea of having at least 75 stitches in your face and then coming out and playing that night again is unbelievable to me. I was joking. I got a, a paper cut on my, on my finger the day after. And I said that I was fighting through it, that I was the Morgan Baron. Of day the, to day. Yeah. I was, uh, but I was channeling my inner, inner Morgan Baron that for, you know, for media or for, um, content, I'm like, I'm just going to push through. I'm going to persevere. Um, you know, we're a little bit softer <laughs> than, than what hockey players are. So for <laughs> the paper cut almost could do you in, but, um, yeah, I just think that the attention that he's gotten across, it made him, you know, funny talking to him, just how uncomfortable it made him to have so many people talking about. I mean, it was all over down here. It was all over ESPN. It was um, something that everyone was talking about. So incredible. It'll absolutely, you know, we'll show some of it during um, the runway, the final episode. But we were saying afterwards that it you know, we wish that we had been able to be in there you know, with the cameras while he was getting um, stitched up. And then those that were in there told us, no, we definitely did <laughs> not want to be in to see that. That would watch that what would, you wish for, Sarah. Exactly. That would not have been good. <laughs> so no one needed to see that. So, uh, but you know what? We've had a great time putting out these um, runway shorts after every. So they're like 
minute and a half and have been linked to two minutes um, after every game. And we've really enjoyed doing it. We want to just continue to build on it and uh, be able to tell the story. So it was good first year. We want to be able to continue it on throughout this postseason long beyond um, just game five for it and continue to build on it going forward so that hopefully fans be able to get not only a glimpse inside everything that's been, that goes on with the team, but uh, a greater appreciation for this group as well. Well, I'll uh, I'll just say this. Uh, I hope you guys are real busy for uh, a long time going forward. Um, obviously, it all hinges on uh, whether they can jet, the Jets can find a way to win this game tonight and get the series back to Winnipeg for Game 6. And I think if that happens, we'll have uh, some more incredible scenes in and around downtown Winnipeg and a fan base that uh, might have a nice injection of belief after um, getting the series back. But it all depends on the 60 minutes and maybe more tonight in game number five. Sarah, thanks so much for doing this. Really enjoy all the content you and the team are doing. And uh, as they say, we're more than happy on waiting a long time for that end of season runway in the middle. Let's plan a number of runway shorts and hopefully with a win tonight. Thanks for doing this. Hey, anytime. Thanks so much, Hess. All right, I'm back. Damn you, Bill MTS. Uh, shout out to Sarah Orleski for joining us. And uh, nice that we had that ready to go with a little bit of a technical blip. But uh, all back at it. Maybe maybe this show will be a metaphor for the series. It uh, got a little sketchy there in the middle, but um, we're going to take it to another level. Ken Weeb's going to join us from Vegas in just a couple of minutes. Thanks again to Sarah for doing that. Always love having her on the program. Um, just before we get to Ken... Folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, you need to get down to Vita Health Fresh Market at seven Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Have you had your healthy fats today? Yes, there is such a thing. Omega-3 fatty acids are beneficial for your skin, brain, joint, and heart health. That's where Health First Omega Supreme comes in. Get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel. Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market. Head on down to one of seven Winnipeg locations, Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Check out the newest store in Linden Ridge, and you can shop online at myvita.ca with local delivery now available. Well, I think we can safely say spring is here. I saw a 20 in the forecast, and that means it's uh, time to get to those projects that you've been putting off through the winter. And Wallace and Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists and ready to help you with your fencing and overhead door needs as we get into spring and summer. Give them a call at 452-2700. The Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Fellas, if you need to up your menswear game heading into spring and summer, do it with F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street downtown. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. If you need suits for a wedding coming up, don't waste your money, rent, and taxes. A 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits at F Apparel. They've also got a great promo for 2023 high school grads. Purchase a new suit, and that high school grad will get a free custom shirt and tie valued at about $150. Bucks. F Apparel is at 190 Smith Street downtown, and you can uh, make an appointment or check them out online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. Oh, with spring here, 
I'm not guaranteeing it, but it sure would be nice to go to Nick and Nicky DQ for a little victory blizzard tomorrow. Um, either that or it might be a good way to kind of transition into the new season uh, and check out some of their great summer blizzard flavors. Um, all your favorites, including many new ones available at the Nick and Nicky DQ right now, not to mention those amazing stack burgers, including that new Smokos barbecue ranch one. That's a personal favorite of mine. Four locations. Nick and Nicky DQ at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. Pop by, say hi, tell them Hassan Remo sent you. And if you do need an ice cream cake or a blizzard cake for uh, an event coming up, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll custom make it with whatever you want on it for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Um, all right. Reem, Kenny's coming up in just a couple of minutes, and I'm looking forward to having him uh, on the program. But one of the things, uh, the main topic we'll probably get to is Nikolai Ehlers' status for tonight. And before we get to Ken, um, let's hear from a little back and forth from Ken and Ehlers from yesterday. Uh, Ken started off by talking to Ehlers about uh, how he's feeling right now. You've looked in the last week and a half, or how do you just the best you felt? I think it's the best you've looked in the last week and a half, or how do you? Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> Off the ice or on the ice? Both. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I feel good. Um, obviously, we gotta talk it over, but um, yeah, feel good. All right. Um, now, considering <clears throat> what happened before. I imagine Ehlers wasn't about to declare himself in and ready to go. Um, because, of course, at that point, and as far as we know, still as of now, has not officially been cleared by Winnipeg Jet doctors. But Ken did ask Ehlers if he's able to play, how limited uh, he might be. Is there anything you are limited with right now? Um, <laughs> you're not going to get an answer on that one. Um, I got to try. I, I, like I said, I feel good. Um, you know, I think... I don't think I was good enough to play the first um, few games. Uh, I know I said I was, but I hadn't really been on the ice yet. Um, and looking back now, I uh, that wouldn't have ended well. So um, I feel I feel a lot better now. All right. Well, uh, that's positive from uh, Nikolai Ehlers, of course, saying that you know in retrospect maybe shouldn't have said that probably wouldn't have gone well hopefully that's different right now um yeah you got a feel for a guy um you know such a big part of the team not being able to play right now um Ehlers talked about what it would mean if he was able to play and get into the lineup tonight with his teammates facing elimination um it would mean a lot obviously um you know this is what you work for in the off season and what you work for preseason and when throughout the whole regular season um i mean i played 45 games this year um it's been a been a tough year so i wanted to be out there and help the team and i haven't been able to do that so you know obviously if i were to be playing tomorrow i'd uh i'd be all in all right, well, uh, all in if he's in. That is the big if right now. And um, just here's one more clip before we connect with Ken Weeb of uh, sportsnet.ca in Vegas. Um, this is 
kind of similar to what I talked about with Sarah, just imagining this. But uh, here's Ehlers on his emotions of um, not being in the lineup for uh, these uh, last four games with uh, their season on the line. Um, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's been a lot the last couple of years with injuries. And, you know, I, I think some of them I, I couldn't really have done anything about. Um, so... It sucks, but you try and, and, and keep grinding and and keep getting better. Um, but it's been uh, it's been a it's been a tough couple of years, and especially this year, uh, you know, where I, this group has been as, as tight as, as it has been, and, and you know, really wanted to be out there and, and play with these guys. But um, yeah. All right. So there's Nikolai Ehlers from yesterday. He was out there today. He hopes to play, um, but as we'll talk with Ken Weave in just a minute, um, I'm not sure that they've entirely got to the finish line yet with um, putting him into the lineup for tonight's game. Um, Bones has spoken today, but here's what he had to say yesterday about Ehlers' situation heading into Thursday and game day. We will. He'll be reevaluated in the morning. He got through practice fine. We uh, had him doing some pushing and shoving, so we'll see how he, he uh, handles this, and we'll see how he feels tomorrow morning, and we'll make the call tomorrow. Would you agree this is the best he's looked since the start of the series? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was. I think I, again, we all wish we could skate one, one day in our lives like he can skate. Um, but yeah, he looked great out there today. More physically involved to you, though, right? Yeah, we had to get him physically involved today, which we hadn't done before. Uh, and when we did we push him a little bit, that's when he knew he couldn't play and he wasn't ready to play. Um, today we pushed him hard, and that's why we have to wait and we see how it feels tomorrow. All right, so there is Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus. Let's now um, head to Vegas and uh, welcome in Worldwide Weeb, who's been um, banking his Marriott points and um, putting some air miles on over the course of these playoffs. And I'm hoping for your sake, Ken, that you get to continue putting those Marriott points up, which means that this series would continue. Um, uh, all the cliches are appropriate tonight. Uh, we like to joke at the end of the season on the show whether a game was a must win or a can't lose. We can tick both boxes tonight because uh, there is no tomorrow if the Jets cannot get a win. Uh, you were there. What was the skate like? And uh, what's the mood around the team going into uh, a game that could be their final one of the season? Yeah, so just in the snippets from Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nino Niederreiter, sounds like the, the mood is, I wouldn't say light. I would say there's a seriousness to the mood, but in terms of expectation and all of those things, I think this group is as ready as they're going to be. Uh, they know what is at stake. They don't need to be told about the, you know, urgency of the situation in being, you know, down three to one A and B. Uh, I think that the majority of these players are quite familiar with their personal situations. Not that they're discussing those until this season is over, uh, but the last dance feel will definitely be in effect here. So uh, just in time for the background uh, tunes here today, Huss. So uh, what I saw, I saw Nikolai Ehlers moving well. Uh, you saw the exchange, and I wrote about it for sportsnet.ca. Uh, yesterday, Nikolai Ehlers played a variety of roles, performer, entertainer, comedian, illusionist he's here he's there he may play he may not play and, and then he really got emotional as you said you just showed the clip and this is a guy who you know we joked about it at the time about the great malaise of 2018 where it must have been a concussion that knocked him out of that series 
Uh, he's played with, you know, broken bones. He tried to battle through against the St. Louis Blues. And now he's had, you know, was playing his best hockey of the year. And now he had that taken away from him for the last five games. So as long as the medical clearance arrives today, Huss, he will be in the lineup. As of right now, he remains in the game time decision category. Mason Appleton, technically a game time decision, but Rick Bonus also sort of let it slip that the Adam Lowry line would be together. So then he dropped a hopefully he's available or we're expecting him to be available. There is one change uh, coming, even though Rick himself did not uh, fully commit to it in the scrum. Logan Stanley stayed on for extra work. Kyle Capabianco uh, was in the room, and I did go over to his stall and asked him, and he said he's expecting to be in, and, and he will also be on the second power play unit along with playing on the third pairing uh, this evening. I would expect he starts with, um, Dylan Sandberg, but it's possible that Nate Schmidt could be there as well. You could see some movement there with the defense as this game goes along. We know Kyle's a little bit more of an offensive guy. In a series where the Jets have struggled to score goals, uh, Kappa Bianco coming in makes a lot of sense based on what the Jets are looking for. Uh, Carson Kuhlman and David Gustafson appear to be the on-call players, Huss, in case Ehlers or Appleton are not available. They did not stay on for extra work either. Uh, it is that time of year where they'll be taking the warm-up, and, and we'll see for sure. But uh, what we can confirm is Capabianco in the lineup for Logan Stanley. David Riddick is dealing with an ankle issue, and Arvid Holm will back up again. But the big question mark going into the night remains Ehlers. But I would say it is tracking towards playing. Um, that's my interpretation. We'll see how it goes as the day goes on and uh, what those final finals doctor's notes look like. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, we, and I mean, I'm certainly right there with you, have interpreted uh, things that we've seen before in this series that haven't really turned out the way that we'd expected. And this is all on, I mean, Ehlers has been out there. This is not the first time he's skated. He's not the first time he's practiced. Uh, uh, granted, I mean, he was speaking yesterday and seemed to be opt more optimistic that he'd be in. But at the end of the day, this is about, doctors signing off and clearing Nikolai Ehlers to play, which from what we know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as of right now, that still has not officially happened. Correct. And that was where I asked Rick directly about that. And he said, not yet. Uh, the fact Ehlers took part again. Uh, to me, Hus, the, the biggest change between now and the beginning of the series when Ehlers was speaking so confidently was yesterday's admission. I don't think you make that admission if you don't expect the clearance to be coming. That's my personal view on that, Huss, because if he, if he wasn't sure, then he could have just left it out there, you know, kind of in the old gamesmanship category. Just to me, the way that he spoke emotionally about what he has missed so far, leads me to believe that I think he will receive that medical clearance over the course of the afternoon. It was one of those things where, A, he had to get, he admitted he had to get through yesterday's practice to be an option for today's game. And now I think he had to get through today's morning skate in order to be a player in tonight's game. So, are you enjoying... Are you enjoying the oh, fantasy incredible. as if, you know, you were, uh, you know, a pro I'm ready wrestler. to go down the tunnel. Huss. I'm literally, no, no, well, this is hockey for me. It's not the pro wrestling. I'm ready to run down the tunnel and take the warm up and like smash into the boards and all those fun things and stupid things we used to do 
while playing junior well, when or senior hockey. we heard the hockey. gong going, I was thinking about maybe <laughs> you were going to lean back and do an Undertaker or something like that. People are having quite a bit of fun with it in the maybe chat. Maybe a little Royal Rumble, Huss, a little Royal Rumble. I was the uh, I was the 30th man out and hopefully trying to make sure I didn't get tossed over the top rope. Running out like the ultimate warrior. Um, But you know what? I'll say this. I mean, I expect that if Nikolai Ehlers is able to play, there might be a little ultimate warrior in him because, as you mentioned, I mean, this is, you know, it's been emotional being out of the lineup and having to watch what's happened at home. Um, the, those great crowds falling so short and knowing what his presence could do to a team. And now, let's face it, this is compounded even more so with Mark Shifley's absence from the lineup tonight. Here's the thing, Huss. Nobody cares on the other side who's in your lineup or not. They see an opportunity to extinguish the flame for the season. So to me, this is very simple. Connor Hellebuck needs to steal the show. And hey, I understand some folks will say that's unfair. It, it's not about fairness, Huss. The Jets' best chance to extend their season. They can say everything they want about playing a better defensive game, scoring a few more goals, getting a bit more puck luck. The Jets need Connor Hellebuck to play the way he did in game 81 against the Minnesota Wild. The Vegas Golden Knights are one of the best first-period teams in the National Hockey League. They smell blood in the water. They will be coming out of the gates at an enormous pace and rate, and the Jets are going to need to answer that and also counterattack and do things that way. It's very simple, Huss. This is not a blame game for Connor Hellebuck. The Jets' best chance to win this series was with elite-level goaltending, and to this point, they have not had elite-level goaltending. Connor Hellebuck's not getting a lot of help on that front. There have been some bad bounces. But, Huss, if you and I, we talked about this before the series. There is no possible way the Jets are going to win a series with a sub-900 save percentage. I know it's deeper than that, Huss, but right now, Lauren Bressois is playing Hellebuck essentially to a standstill. Um, you know, even if you want to look at goals saved above expected, Bressois is two goals ahead of Hellebuck in that category. But this is simple. Connor Hellebuck has to be the best player on the ice for either team. And if that happens, the Jets will have a chance, no matter who's in their lineup up front. But yeah. yes, you need contributions from other guys. There have been other people who need to step up their series. But the Jets' best chance is with Connor Hellebuck doing Connor Hellebuck things. And he's capable of those things. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, there's always a time for your best player to put a team on his back. Um, and yeah, listen, you laid it out. I mean, that has not happened at this point. I mean, these games have been incredibly close. I keep talking about the razor-thin margin between winning and losing in the Stanley Cup playoffs in close games and close series. And that is what we've had. Um and neither goaltender has run away with it. And I think no. Vegas has made the most of, uh, you know, a couple of breaks. This series could easily be 2-2 right now. Oh, absolutely. But it's not. It's 3-1. And this team has to win. The Winnipeg Jets have to win to push this back to Winnipeg and give themselves another chance to win at home in front of their home fans and the whiteout. Um, but there's a lot more to it. I mean, we can simplify it saying Hellebuck needs to steal a game. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, from my perspective, can also need to up their level in the Vegas zone. Um, it was frustrating at times, and this is what Vegas does so well. They are more than happy on let you skate circles around and crank up the off, uh, offensive zone time two or three feet from the boards. Um, from your perspective, how do the Winnipeg Jets get off the perimeter and get into the middle 
and make it a little harder for Laurent Brassois to make these saves that we've just been talking about. No bang on Hassan. And I just want to reiterate, like, this is not, I got no issue with the way Hellebuck has been playing. I mean, look at the Brett Howden goal the other night. If it goes through, like, you give Neil Pion credit for blocking it, but if that's just a clean wrister, that's stopped and in the glove and there's a face-off, instead it gets blocked, it lands on the guy's stick and goes. It's much like what we talked about after the, you know, the unfortunate bounce for Dylan Sandberg, right? I mean, if that, that doesn't land on Michael Amadio's stick, and if he doesn't hit it perfectly on a rolling puck one-timer, we might be having a different discussion. Pierre-Luc Dubois' shot is a quarter of an inch off the post and in instead of off the post and out. Maybe it is 2-2. But for the Jets offensively, Huss, so far we know what Vegas does well. They have a very mobile defense core, and they clear the front of the net really well. Yes, there's tons of point shots getting through, even though a ton are being blocked. But there's not a much, as much time being spent around the blue paint for the Jets, and they need to create a little bit more off their rush. And this is the thing. Yes, in the, you know, the game the Jets won, the rush game was there, but they haven't been able to generate enough from their high-end talent. That's Kyle Connor. Yes, he has two goals and an assist in this series, Huss. But as I wrote again yesterday, Kyle Connor needs to put a stamp on this series. He is the most prolific goal scorer on the Jets in terms of being a pure sniper. Yes, Mark Scheife led them in goals this year, but he's not available. So Kyle Connor needs to get going again a little bit more. He needs to be more dangerous. He's when his legs are moving, he can be a very dynamic player. He's got lots of shots. But, Huss, one of the interesting things, uh, well, we were doing some research yesterday, Jeff Hamilton and myself uh, sitting around and chatting. On the money puck statistic meter, zero rebounds created, Huss, by Kyle Connor. He's got a great shot. It can be dan- Sometimes that just means it's going bar down. But in this series, there haven't been enough rebounds created. He's a guy who has the puck in his stick a lot. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what the lines look like. If Ehlers plays, it looked like it was going to be Niederreiter, Ehlers, and and uh, Nemesnikov. So that would be an interesting line. That also means Dubois back with Kyle Connor and and Blake Wheeler. That's a line that had had some success in the past as well. I'll be curious to see how that all shakes down. Uh, Niederreiter's had a strong series. He's very involved physically, Huss. But same thing, only one goal for Niederreiter. It's not just about goals and assists. We understand the importance of generating the chances and all of those things. But when I was talking with Nino today, Huss, one of the things for the Jets, they've been pounding the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman. Once you start getting to games five, six, and seven, if they can get to six and seven, that's when the cumulative effect really starts to happen. Niederreiter said to me this morning, Huss, even though Vegas is handling the forecheck well, you know they're going they know they're going to be hit. And it's led to some turnovers here and there. So their forecheck needs to be ferocious this evening. They need to create some turnovers, you know, on guys like Braden McNabb. You know, we know the guys who are the mobile puck movers on that team. And we know the guys who clear the front of the net incredibly well. They've got a great mix. Huss, what have you been talking about with the Jets for three years now? The mix since Bufflin has left is gone. They have is off. They have too much of the same. Vegas has the combination of the skilled player, the shot blocker, and the physical guys who aren't afraid to cross-check you in the ribs or higher. So uh, I'll be very curious to see if the Jets are able to generate a bit more off the forecheck. Can they get to the blue paint a little bit more regularly? And then how do they how do they you know, respond when the chips are down? 
this is the thing about the Jets, Huss. When you, the thing that's been very confusing about their team this year is they're inconsistent. They're consistently inconsistent. When you think they've got it figured out, there's a hiccup or two. And when you think this team is down and out, sometimes they play their best hockey, even when they're missing key cogs. What are we going to get? Which version tonight? I have no idea, but I would imagine we see the Jets play their best game of the series, Huss, just because of what we've been talking about. I think there's people in there that know what's at stake for the group, and I think they want to do something about it before it's too late and garbage bag day arrives and people go out for, you know, last supper and hold their breath and say, holy smokes, I wonder what things are going to look like in September. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's a great point. And I'm with you. I mean, I haven't had any issue. I mean, the Jets haven't wilted. I mean, even getting down in these two home games, they battled back. I mean, what happened on Saturday afternoon in the third period was incredible. And, um, you know, they... They got that goal and continued to to grind away. It was credit to Vegas the way they held held the fort in front of Loren Brassois and didn't really allow the Winnipeg Jets, um, you know, to create those chances that might end up in the net. And let's face it, when you're in situations like that, when you're chasing a game or when you're chasing a series, you need to lean on your most important offensive players. And I'm with you on Kyle Connor. I mean, I think that he needs to find a way not only to continued getting shots off, but to get a little closer to Lauren Brassois and, and, and and create, you know, the, the rebounds that haven't been happening. Um, but for me, the number one guy I'm looking at tonight, especially with Mark Scheifele out is Pierre-Luc Dubois. I thought he started off this series, Ken, with one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um, I love the way things started and, you know, since then, it hasn't looked as good. And, you know, I'm not sure that he's kind of gotten off his game because when he's on, he's often getting into it and spending time in the penalty box. But um, he needs to be on the score sheet, not getting twos at a time. Uh, he needs to be in that goal-scoring category. And, I mean, to me, he is the guy. Like, given what this lineup looks like, even with Ehlers in, he has to be the catalyst. And, uh I couldn't help but wanting a little bit more from Dubois in particular and Kyle Connor in game number four. Yeah, fair enough, Hassan. I mean, we know that the penalty he took on Eichel was one that was costly. No, it's not a power play goal on the score sheet. That's a power play goal. But it is. He was he was not on the ice by the time before the or not involved in the play before the goal was in the back of the net. Um, there were a couple. There were two of those kind of in the feet, kind of tripping ish penalties. Uh, we know he had the. I know some people were, oh, well, he took the tripping penalty in overtime. If he doesn't take, or sorry, at the end of the regulation, if he doesn't trip Mark Stone, there is no overtime. Uh, so I got no problem at all with that penalty. That took away a scoring chance. The two offensive zone penalties, those are undisciplined. I mean, yes, when a player plays on or over the line, you're going to get those once in a while, but you're right. Pierre-Luc Dubois needs to be the catalyst. And Huss, it's twofold. When Dubois is the catalyst, it will create those opportunities for Kyle Connor because Dubois draws the defenders to him and he pops it out in front and there's Kyle Connor going bar down because the other guy's cheating towards Dubois. So I agree totally. We were talking with Dubois this morning, Huss. He said he's not putting any additional pressure on himself. He always puts pressure on himself to be a high-end performer. But you can't help but think. The other part of the equation that I mentioned before, if the Jets are to advance to play a game six, in front of a raucous crowd on Saturday, probably Saturday afternoon. Dubois needs to be in the middle of everything. 
That means scrums. That means involvement with defensemen. That means straddling the line and playing a disciplined game. But it also means offensive beast mode. I'm not talking about hat trick, bubble, Pierre-Luc Dubois, but he needs to be involved in the offense. He needs to be the straw that stirs the drink. And if that means Blake Wheeler continues to produce and Kyle Connor pops a couple, it will probably be because Dubois is in the middle of everything. We know what the Lowry line is going to give the Jets. Let's make no mistake. Adam Lowry's line has been the best line for the Jets in this series. And that's good for that line. But the Jets need more from their top six guys in order to keep this series alive. Also, too, Nemestikov, I think, is playing very well. He needs to get going a little bit more offensively, too. We know he's had great chemistry with Ehlers if they are able to play together uh, this evening with Nino Niederreiter. So the top six needs more. The the third line needs to continue to contribute. And they're there, too. We know that the offense from the defense has been an area of... You know, not concerned. It has been an area where Rick Bonus has been heavily involved in. They did their job during the regular season. They eclipsed the totals that they wanted. But without Josh Morrissey, they're going to need some guys to contribute some offense on that back end too. Neil Pionkas, we talked about him a lot this year. He's been in on the last five goals the Jets have scored. The Jets cannot ask for much more from Neil Pionk. Could he get a goal here or there? Sure. But his production has been at an elite level in these playoffs. He has had to take up a majority of those minutes that have been available. 41-08 the other night, Huss, in Game 3. Just an absolutely kind of, I don't even, heroic is maybe a little bit too strong, but that was one of the more valiant efforts we've seen from a Jets player in 2.0 history. I mean, we know he's not healthy. He's not fully healthy. He's given the Jets everything that he has in a season that had had a lot of uneven play but he's elevated his game. So that also means guys like Nate Schmidt, like Brendan Dillon, like Dylan DeMello, Dylan Sandberg still being in the lineup. I know the other night he only played 12 minutes, but even a guy like Capabianco, you should have seen his eyes when I was talking to him, Huss. Like, this is a guy who's a skilled guy. He knows he's he's coming into a physical series. He can't wait for his first playoff action. Same with Axel Janssen-Fiolbi the other night. Like, there are guys that are energized, and you know, you're not asking those guys to carry the team, but if they can give you just a little bit of an incremental lift, that may help spark some of the other guys who are dealing with injuries or you know, not sure about what the future will bring. Uh, I, I think this group is going to be very focused this evening, and you know, we'll see where that takes them. Hey, uh, let's talk about Capo for a minute because sure. Um, you know, I had a lot of conversations with uh, with friends after the Saturday game, and you know, obviously with Josh Morrissey being immediately ruled out, you knew someone was coming in, and you know, I kind of expected Capobianco maybe to be the first guy in because of the guy that they were missing, but they went with Logan Stanley, and I'll be honest, I thought Stanley acquitted himself very well in game number four. Um, why do you think they're making the change tonight? Yeah, I mean, Rick, I asked Rick directly about it, and he said. Capabianca gives him a little bit more offense. I'm with you. I thought that Stanley played a, a steady game. He made a couple of smart, really smart reads. Um, you knew there was going to be a physical game in that game, the way that Vegas had been playing. That's not to say that it's not going to be physical today. I mean, I think, I'm not sure if Gary posted anything, Huss, but uh, William Carrier has been skating and was an option to play today as well. I didn't see what the final verdict was from Summerlin there this morning, but yeah, I, I just think that they want a little bit more puck-moving ability. And I, I also, I would say to us, part of the reason 
because Stanley and Sandberg didn't play a ton the other night, I think there were a few more taxing minutes on guys like DeMello, Dillon, Pionk, uh, and Schmidt there. So that's why I think they are going to need that puck moving. In a, in a game where the biggest Golden Knights are going to be relentless on the forecheck, I think they just want a little bit more mobility from Kappa Bianco on the back end. Uh, and also, too, with not having Scheife on the power play, Kappa Bianco is a guy who will play on the one-timer side, at least based on what we saw in the skate on uh, on Wednesday here in Vegas. So I, I think it's a smart call. I, I'm with you. I thought it would have been the alternate. I would have thought they would have brought Kappa Bianco in for game four. Uh, instead, they're going to do it in game five and see where that takes them. We know they're going to – the whole no tomorrow thing is accurate for the Jets. If if it's a scenario where they need to roll with 4D – they're going to do it. But I think that Kappa Bianco can give them a little bit of a boost offensively and with their zone exits, which is another area that has at times been a problem for them in terms of some of the puck management issues that have ended up in the back of the net uh, for the, I think it was 14 goals in the series or whatever. I think that's the number that Murat used there uh, earlier on, I think, when he wrote that column this week in The Athletic. So uh, I think it's a smart maneuver. See what it means for the pairings. See what it means for the way that they play. But the, here's the thing, Huss. Bruce Cassidy was very open before game four. He said, with all due respect to Winnipeg, we don't want to come back here. So, and the other thing about that, Huss, for a team like Vegas who has been involved in such a grueling physical series, the value of closing that out in game five and having a four or five day break before playing Edmonton or LA if they rally, there's a massive value in that because of the physical toll this series has taken on both sides, given the high volume of hits so far. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And uh, Vegas is a team that's gone deep into the playoffs before and, I mean, certainly knows the value of that. That being said, I mean, every team that's been up 3-1 has not been able to finish the job on home ice. We saw the job Bob did last night for the Panthers, and the Islanders did that before. So I'm sure the Winnipeg Jets have been paying attention and seeing this happen around. Um but for them, I mean, you know, there is, uh, there can't be any sort of a woe is me mentality. Um, and, and especially for guys that are getting into the lineup because of these injuries, um, I really think that th- these players literally in their NHL career may never have a better opportunity than tonight to go in and make an impact and do something memorable that can help them down the road, but most importantly, help them right now in the absence of the Josh Morrisseys and Mark Shifley's. A bang on us. And that's the thing about this team. I mean, we keep talking about the, you know, core four and, you know, you could extend that to Dylan and uh, Brendan Dylan and Dylan DeMello in terms of those potential expiring contracts. But there's a lot of guys on this team that have been wanting more for a long time. And, and that applies to Nikolai Ehlers, right? This is a guy who's wanted to be a star player, to be on the power play. And that's why I think if he gets in, no, you're not asking Nikolai Ehlers to carry the team and be the savior here. But what he can bring in a series like this that is so physical, he can use that speed to back off the opponent's uh, defense and generate something on the second wave. It can make life tougher on the back-pressuring scenarios. I mean, but the other thing too, Morgan Barronhus, he's having an unbelievable series here so far. Morgan Barron doesn't want to be a fourth-line guy, and that's with all due respect to every fourth-liner in the National Hockey League. This is a guy who wants to be a power forward that gives a team, you know, 14 to 20 goals at some point in his career. He's been playing great. He's been all around it, around the net. Uh, Mason Appleton has been buzzing. But 
those guys haven't really had the same kind of offensive production in this series. So those guys are going to have an opportunity. Nemesnikov, he's a guy who was probably looking for a stable home after this year, after bouncing around the last few years. That stable home, Huss, given the uncertainty down the middle with the Jets, could be here with the Winnipeg Jets. So there's lots at stake for him. It's a great opportunity in Canvas for him to showcase and say, hey, Kevin Cheveldayoff, you know what? You're going to need a second-line center. I'm the guy for you. You know, like, so to me, this is like, there's a lot of things at stake for guys. Nino Niederreiter, he's played a ton of playoff games, Huss. Only one trip to the conference final, I think, with the Carolina Hurricanes, and they got swept by the Boston Bruins. This guy wants to win. He wants to get his name on that trophy. So nobody wants to go home after game five, if you're a member of the Winnipeg Jets. And that's why I think they're they're probably going to be a very determined bunch. Uh, you know, it's super interesting watching the skates, Huss. There's a lot more hooting and hollering at the Vegas school. The Knights, there's a little bit. We always talk about joy level. There's been a much more. They have a business-like approach, but they have fun at the rink. The Jets have been very focused the last couple of days. I think they're they're ready for what is at stake. They know, yes, we've heard it a ton of times. Now you can't win three games in one. All they can do is apply a little bit of the heat lamp, right? And Blake Wheeler, I love the quote the other night, Huss. The longer a series goes, the more nervous a team that was leading can get. You know, that sort of planting the seed of doubt is what the Jets have to try and do today, Huss. They're, like we said before, Vegas is a very veteran team, an experienced team. I'm not saying Vegas would doubt themselves after a game five, but the only way for the Jets approach it to approach it is to try and win one game, and then they're going to try to win another game. And then in a game seven, the Jets would be looking at themselves and saying, hey, you won two in a row, why not try to win three? So uh, I think it'll be super fascinating, Huss. It's a great matchup. We know that going into the series, the Jets were going to probably have to be healthy to knock off the Golden Knights. They're not healthy. So that means they're going to have to do a little bit of uh, deeper digging and all of those other things. So uh, this has been interesting here. We got the full production. Uh, I've gone into Undertaker mode now, Huss, uh, in the dark here, fully in the dark. Uh, I'm well, not maybe this quite... is a good thing. Maybe the Jets can go into Undertaker mode and jump out of the casket, if you will. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, our Undertaker reference, I mean, uh, uh, that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need to do. They need to get out of the coffin. There's a lot of people that have written this team off. I've heard people in this Winnipeg market and outside of the, in the Vegas market already talking about, okay, what do the Vegas Golden Knights have to do to handle Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Here's a news flash. Neither of these teams are in the second round yet. And as Rick Bonus has said, that final that final win is the most difficult one to get. And uh, I think we know that the Winnipeg Jets are going to leave it all out on the line. couple things about the lineup tonight. You know, we talked about the, the back end of it. To me, they need to, they need to get more out of these top two lines. We mentioned Dubois. We mentioned Connor. Um, Blake Wheeler had a hell of a game in game four. Um, looked like he turned the clock back a little bit, scored the goal, uh, you know, assisted on the other one, and is playing a much bigger role than he has um, quite a bit this season. I think the two days off will probably help Blake get ready for this game. Um, do you expect him to be skating with Connor and uh, and Dubois on that top line? And if they are switching that, is that a... Is that just because Blake was that good in game number four? Or is there something more to hopefully getting Ehlers back and having Nito Niederreiter a bit of a bigger body, a bigger force to maybe do a little bit more work in the corner than... than I'm sure on the uh, idea from Bonus Huss behind it, but I do think it's twofold. We know that Dubois and Wheeler had chemistry together 
over the course of last year at times, maybe a bit this year, not as much maybe as the year previous. And Dubois and Connor, obviously, they're going to need them going. In terms of the second line, do I think Niederreiter is, uh, you know, attached to Ehlers? It's a good idea, and it's a good thought by you, Huss. I just think that because he gets to the net so well, Ehlers, he can also score off the rush, as we saw uh, in him sparking that Game 3 comeback with that early third-period goal off the rush. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to get some things going. And Nemesnikov has been very good uh, with Ehlers as well. So I think those things are all kind of interconnected and intertwined. So I'll see what it leads for the Winnipeg Jets this evening. But I like the way the lines were constructed in the practice, and I would expect that's the way they'll start, provided Ehlers gets that uh, medical clearance here. Good stuff, good stuff. Hey, uh, (laughs) Rob Kane in the Super Chat. Chip-ins for the internet, Bill. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate well done, you. Well done. Kenny, great stuff. Um, you know, we'll look forward to uh, this one tonight. We'll look forward to KNR after the game. And here's to it not being the final post-game KNR of the season. And uh, we'll be doing something like this in and around Saturday with a game in front of the whiteout. But uh, it's going to take a big performance, all hands on deck, and fingers crossed the doctors clear Nikolai Ehlers. And uh, should be a good one tonight. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure, and uh, looks like a great weekend uh, for the community as well with both the Moose getting rolling in the playoffs and the Ice continuing their quest for a Western Hockey League title. So it should be a fun uh, fun weekend on that front as well. You know what, I, you didn't, I didn't even tell you to set me up like that, but we've got Jeff Buddy. a lot of the Moose coming up and Matt Savoy what coming up for. a little later on as well. So uh, you're right, there will be playoff hockey. We're just hoping the Jets are part of that playoff hockey this weekend as well. Weebert, we'll see you on KNR afterwards. Thanks for doing this, dude. Enjoy the tilt, my friend. Thanks for having me. Take care. Right on. There is uh, Ken Weeb with us battling through some bad connections today, all that stuff. But that's what the playoffs is all about, right, folks? Just battling through the adversity that comes your way. Ours is a little less painful than what comes with a professional hockey player, but we're doing what we got to do. Um, hey, we've got to thank our friends at Princess Auto. Bomber season, folks, believe it or not, is just around the corner. Cannot wait to get out to the Princess Auto tailgate zone. Hell, never mind the regular season. I'm down for the preseason right now just to get back out there. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and when Winnipeg Sports Talk, and where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7. 365 at princessauto.com. Well, gang, the sun is out. Things are going to get green and up. It's time to get to work outside and consolidated supply is ready for you and all your projects. They are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf as well. If you're thinking about maybe that dream putting green in the backyard and golf carts as well as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba, other great options for your property as well, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options and small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at the showroom. They're open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East or find out more online at cte.ca. Hopefully, we'll have a whiteout on Saturday. You know Royal Sports is your Jets and whiteout headquarters for all of the merchandise that uh, we've seen fans rocking in the midst of the whiteout. However, it is also NFL Draft Day today, and that's not something we're going to talk too much about right now with all the hockey going on. I will be paying close attention to it, though. But all the new draft hats are there ready to go. So whatever team you support, get on down to Royal Sports. You can get the brand new lids you'll be seeing the first rounders wear tonight in Kansas City at the NFL Draft. 
And of course, with spring coming, Royal Sports is also loading up with soccer, baseball, softball, tennis gear, and a huge selection of bikes as well. It's all there for you at the super sports store of all time, Royal Sports, 750 Pembina Highway. Follow on Insta at Royal Sports Pembina. Just before we talk moose quickly with Jeff Malott, looking for a place to get together with the gang for the game tonight. Backs against the wall. Get on out and get your backs on a chair of Boston Pizza to watch the big game tonight. Uh, of course, sound on at all of the Boston Pizzas and their new Fanalytics-powered menu, including the new triple play with the cactus cuts, the cheesy Bandera bread, and Thai chicken bites. Dill picker spears as well. And um, hey, if you are staying at home because it's a little too late, you can get the great taste of Boston Pizza by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. All right, there is uh, a lot of playoff hockey in and around Winnipeg right now. Jets trying to continue their season by with a win tonight. But uh, tomorrow, the wait is over for the Manitoba Moose, who uh, finally get back on the ice after 13 days off. And a WST favorite, Jeff Mallott, joins us now from the Manitoba Moose. Jeff, what is up? How have the last couple weeks have gone for you? Are you ready to play some hockey or what? Yeah, a lot of guys really excited to play some playoff hockey. So uh, a lot of practices this last uh, week or so, and uh, everybody making sure we're in good shape. And, yeah, everyone's pretty excited here. We talked to uh, your uh, teammate in the Moose Rookie of the Year, Dean Stewart, yesterday, and he said that the you know this last week or so has almost had um, somewhat of a training camp vibe to it. I mean, obviously it's not training camp where you're just starting out, but – you know, with this extended period without games, it's certainly given you a lot of time to prepare for the opponent that you've known you're playing for a while, uh, rest when needed to, but ramp it up. I mean, uh, it goes without saying the guys are ready to play a game, but how would you categorize the uh, the way you guys are prepared and the schedules the coaches have given you over the past little bit? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It's been a lot of, uh, you know, kind of game simulation type stuff, a lot of systematic uh an overview and a lot of uh, a lot of video on on what they bring and what their skills are and 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 how to attack that. Um, you know, we got a great coaching staff who's who's done a lot of work to make sure we're all prepared, and we got a lot of guys that, like I said, are really excited to go out and play some really meaningful hockey in front of uh, some great crowds here in Winnipeg. Uh, let me ask you about the uh, the rivalry with Milwaukee. I mean, uh, man, I mean the Moose have been playing the Milwaukee Admirals since. Um, well, for a long time, since I was working for the Moose. I mean, uh, I mean, it goes back to the IHL days, in fact. Um, but the one thing, especially with the schedule now, is you see these teams in your division a lot. Uh, you get to know them very well. And um, that only gets cranked up when you get into uh, a playoff series. Um, what's the rivalry like right now? And um, what do you remember from the matchups with this club throughout the regular season? Yeah, I mean, for me here, it's been it's been two years of seeing these guys constantly. I mean, I think we played them with the playoffs last year. I played them around 15 times or so last year, and we've played them a handful of times this year. Um, I mean, it gets it gets chippy, and playoff hockey is only going to have more of that intensity. And and yeah, I think both teams are pretty familiar with with the matchup on either side. And I mean, yeah, it it's it's playoff hockey. Like everybody's ready to to ramp it up physically. Everybody is ready to you know play meaningful games and and have a lot of intensity, have a lot riding on this first series here. And yeah, both teams will be well rested. Both teams will be, you know, kind of chomping at the bit to play some some serious hockey here. So yeah, I mean, throughout the season, it's 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 a lot of 
you know, physicality we see from them and a lot of skill that we see in their lineup. They got a lot of depth. And I mean, just, yeah, learning throughout the year, we've, we've had some success against them and they've had some success against us. I think it'll be, it'll be an awesome matchup here. Well, and, uh, and, and you know, the Moose to me, um, you know, they seem like a team that's really built for playoff hockey. It's been interesting watching this Jets Vegas series. Um, you know, obviously the Vegas has Jack Eichel who was close to a point a game player, but the success of the Moose the offensive responsibility. I mean, obviously, you know, you uh, you know had twenty three goals. Hark had twenty five, and you actually did have four twenty goal scores. But it seems like the offensive load has really been spread out between all four lines and the defensemen. And um, you know, when you have a team that has that sort of depth and balance, it's very difficult you know, really to play and match up against. I mean, would you agree that this team, like the the way the team is built and the fact that so many guys have been big contributors all year is a real benefit to you guys going into this best of five? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've got, like you said, we've got four lines here with with a lot of firepower on each of those lines. And it's, I think, even, yeah, our, our defense too. I mean, we've got Villy, we've got Chisholm, we've got, Leon, like Leon, a 20 goal scorer this year, we've got firepower on the back end as well. And yeah, when, when you can have everything clicking at the same time and you can have offense coming from any one of those outlets, it's, it's going to be hard to manage. And and that's something that's going to be huge in playoffs. You know, you're not going to have an on night from your top guys every single night you'd like to, but I mean, just the nature of the game, they're out there playing too. They're playing hard and they're going to try and shut down when you can have that, you know, offense spread throughout your lineup and, and know that it's not all riding on one one group or one guy to have a big night. I mean, it brings a lot of confidence for us, and it brings you know a lot of uh, just a lot of momentum moving forward. Um, you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about making sure that power plays are clicking. I mean, even though that's a huge part of the part of the playoffs, you don't have to worry about making sure one guy's you know carrying a huge load. It's spread out pretty evenly here, and I think that's yeah exactly one of our strengths. You know, um, um, this uh, as we mentioned, there's a lot of familiarity with these teams in the regular season and the playoffs. Um, uh, do you take anything from last year's playoff series uh, into this one, or um, is it a new team, a new opportunity? You know, you're starting. You know what you guys have to do as a team, almost regardless of who the team you're playing against is. Yeah, I mean, it's almost both sides of that. Like every year, you're going in and and the mentality you have going into playoffs shouldn't really change much depending on, on who you're up against. It's going to be that intense, that physical hockey that, you know, that safe hockey, very little mistakes. And you need to be, you need to be strong. You need to be sound at, you know, throughout all aspects of the game, but, but yeah, there is that familiarity. I mean, even just down to playing in, in the rinks, like playing at home, obviously we have that, know that comfort and then on the road we've got lots of experience in milwaukee's rink as well i mean another thing like just systematically you kind of you kind of know a little bit of what to expect both teams will have a good idea and uh yeah i mean it shouldn't change the intensity that we come with but i mean with them ending our season last year there's definitely you know you know a little bit of uh you know some extra motivation on our side for sure Jeff Millot of the Manitoba Moose is with us. The series begins tomorrow night at Candle Life Center. Game two goes on Sunday. Um, and then three, four, and five in Milwaukee. You know you're going to have to win a game in Milwaukee, Jeff. But I'd imagine the way this is set up, limiting the travel, but starting at home, um, there's a real sense of urgency to get off to a great start and take care of business in front of your home fans. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not a seven-game series. It's a five-game series, and so... 
puts a lot more uh, emphasis on each of these games. And, and yeah, we're going to want to take advantage while we're home here, while we've got the crowd in our favor, while we're familiar with, you know, kind of our game day rituals here and, and have that kind of uh, have that little added comfort. But yeah, we're going to have to go in there and we're going to have to win some hockey games, at least one. So I think it's going to just come down to showing up with that intensity every night, like showing up and, and knowing that, they're coming with just as much heat as we are. And, and yeah, I think it's playoffs, right? Like it's, it's, it's going to have to come down to who makes less mistakes and, and who capitalizes when it matters. How, uh, how would you, um, like, what would you describe the vibe around the team is? I'm sure it's anxious and ready to play, but um, the, the confidence level of, uh, of a team, um, you know, going up against Milwaukee, uh, where are you guys at right now as a unit looking forward into tomorrow's puck drop? Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys that are just excited. Yeah, exactly, anxious to to get out there and and play some hockey. Here, it's been a while. Guys are, we're you know a little bit stir crazy going up against each other in practice every day, but the intensity is there, and guys are you can tell it's it's heightened. Guys are really, really invested in this run here, and yeah, I mean, for tomorrow, guys are guys are pumped up. Like we we like this matchup. We've had success against them throughout the season and, and their lineups changed a lot. They've, they've got a lot of that experience coming down from the NHL lately. And I mean, we've had, we've had success against that lineup earlier in the year. And, and uh, yeah, I think it really doesn't matter what, what their lineup is because we're going to show up with that same level of intensity and play out to, you know, our highest level, but yeah, guys are really excited, and uh, we're looking forward to getting it started. Hey, uh, you mentioned that uh, in the playoffs, things do sometimes get a little more tank cantankerous. They do get a little more nasty and a little rougher. Have you uh, have you enlisted any tips from your brother uh, in the cage to uh, get you ready for playoff hockey? Yeah, yeah. he's uh, you know when I'm home in the summer, he likes to we like to drill a lot of things and. And uh, he's brought me into that community and, and all of his outlets have been, have been amazing and in, in welcoming me. And uh, yeah, even if it's just for fun or, or just an excuse to hang out with him for an hour in the evening or, you know, in the afternoon or whatever, go to boxing class together, or just, even if we're just wrestling in the basement, there's always something to learn. And uh, yeah, he's been a great guy, you know, in terms of guidance, not only in sport, but just in, uh, you know, mindset and wellness and yeah definitely somebody i always learn from when uh when's he getting uh back in uh back in the cage he's uh he just booked ufc 289 in vancouver he's uh he's gonna be on the canadian card he's uh got an opponent adam fugit uh coming up on june 10th and uh yeah it's an awesome fight i mean there's so much i get way more nervous to to watch him get ready for a fight and get all amped up for a fight than i do for any hockey game so it's uh, it's cool to be uh, kind of both in our in our respective sport at the same time and uh, entering some pretty meaningful uh, you know stretches here. I could probably have some pretty hilarious conversations with your parents about the nerve levels. I mean, you know, it's one thing to watch your your son play. You know what? It, uh, hockey probably a whole nother level when uh, when you're getting into the octagon. But I did want to ask you about that because I saw him on Twitter all fired up to be a Canadian fighting at a big event in Canada and. Uh, I know you'll be watching that, but hey, who knows? Maybe you could make it even uh, do it like you did before. Play so long that you've uh, have to schedule a special viewing or something for it because the moose exactly. will still be gone. It's a long ways down the road, but of course, it all starts tomorrow. Jeff, 
once again, good luck. Thanks for doing this. Uh, everyone here in the chat pulling for you guys. And uh, we'll look forward to getting out to Canada Life Center Friday and Sunday to get behind the moose against uh, a longtime rival, the Milwaukee Admirals, as the, the playoffs finally get going for the herd. All the best, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Good stuff. There's Jeff Malott of the Manitoba Moose. 23 goals on the season. One of 420 goal scorers. Uh, what a season for Jensen Harkins as well. I mean, he came up 44 games, had 25 himself and 50 points. And of course, Alex Limoges, who led the team with 54 points with 20, uh, 20 gold. But uh, this is going to be fun. The Admirals and Moose always put together some great, great games. Uh, I still remember one of my favorite me playoff memories at the arena was Bill Bowler's double OT goal. And you can look that one up back in the day. I think that was uh, probably like, man, like 98, 99, something like that. Um, anyways, uh, I'm just hoping that this is going to be the most packed weekend of playoff hockey we've seen in a long time with the Moose playing tomorrow, the Ice playing tomorrow, and a Jets home game on Saturday, meaning that the Jets got the job done tonight. Speaking of the Ice... We uh, are going to check in with the ice in just a second, uh, but I do want to thank our friends at Little Brown Jug. Um, big weekend, lots of playoff hockey. Maybe pick up a rack down at LBJ um, and try the new generic lager. Your basic lager, just better. Impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with the light beer. It is available in eight packs or by the can through the tap room and through vendors right now. Um, Jets are going to try and push off golf season for a while tonight against Vegas. But with the sun coming out, we are just days away I'm sure from courses opening uh, and I can't wait to get to Breezy Bend this year. Breezy's one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facility and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. Great men's, women's and junior programs as well. Perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family if you're looking for a home. Find out more at breezybend.ca or give our uh, pal Corey Johnson a call for more information about becoming a member. And uh, if you're thinking about a great getaway during the summer, not too far away from Winnipeg, but with world-class fishing and hospitality, Aikens Lake is the spot. And I say world-class fishing, that's undoubted, but the hospitality of the Turan family and the Aikens team is what makes it on a whole nother level. They're pushing 90% capacity for the summer. They still do have some room, though, for friends and family trips and some corporate outings. Find out more online at AikensLake.com or you can email our good friend Pitt Turan, Pitt at Aikens Lake, for more information about making, about, um, Put, making the Aikens experience part of your summer. All right, well, we just talked to Jeff Malott, and as you mentioned, the Moose are getting going tomorrow night. Um, the Winnipeg Ice are also getting going tomorrow night. Um, tough, tough series, but they finished off the Moose Jaw Warriors in six. And while the Saskatoon Blades lost the first three games and then ran it back with four straight, they've gone seven in both of their first two series and the ice will be waiting for them tomorrow at the Ice Cave, 7 p.m., and then Monday at 4 o'clock. A little earlier today, just after ice practice, I got a chance to catch up with Matt Savoy, who's had a monster playoff so far. Nine goals, nine assists, 18 points in 10 games, leading the offensively for the ice. Here's Matt Savoy on uh, tomorrow's opener against the Saskatoon Blades. Matt, congratulations on that big 
round two win against Moose Jaw. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, it was obviously a big series win for our group, and um, we're looking forward to round three here. You know, that was uh, that was a real, I mean, a heck of a matchup. I mean, it goes without saying with what you guys have done this season, number one team in the league. I mean, you knew you'd be favored, but, I mean, there were a few teams that you had real battles with throughout this season, and, and Warriors really seemed to be one. I believe it was three and three. And, uh, you know, at one point, you guys were down two to one and going into OT. I mean, tell us about the test that the Warriors gave you and your teammates and uh and then we'll talk about what that might be able to do to uh, you know harden you more for what should be another big series coming up. Yeah, I think you know you said it good. I think there was a lot of ups and downs in that series. There's a lot of lead changes, and um, you know credit to them. They're a good team over there. They're a really old, mature team, and um, they made it hard on us. They played the right way. Their goalie was really good, so um, you know they were able to steal a few games there or a couple games there. And um, but I like the way we, we responded, and um, we're able to bounce back with three in a row. Uh, I mean, overtime in game four, facing a 3-1 series deficit if you don't get a win on the road. Um, tell us what it was like on the bench and within that team as you guys, uh, you know, forced OT and then and then won it. That that had to be the crucial moment of the series, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think that was definitely, you know, the biggest turning point. And, um, you know, but we never we never lost belief in ourselves and, and our confidence. Um, I think on the bench, we were always motivated and um, you know, pretty talkative and highly energized. So, um, you know, I don't think we really shied away from, from the big moment and, um, you know, we got her done. Well, and, uh, and you got it done with an exclamation mark on the road in game number six for, uh, for a series that had been so tight. Um, at one point, I mean, you kind of got up and never looked back with that eight, two win, um, knowing how hard it is to play playoff hockey for the full two months to win a championship, potentially go to the Memorial cup in your mind, Matt, uh, how important was getting that game six win and uh, giving yourselves an extra day or two of rest as opposed to your opponent for Friday's game one? Yeah, I mean, um, as much rest as you can get in the playoffs is is key. Um, you want to close with a team as, as soon as possible and really flip the page and move on to you know the next series, the next round, and um, put all your focus in that. So I think we've done a good job of that, um, You know, finishing the last series and kind of just moving forward and, and not really thinking too much about it and re really putting all our focus here on Saskatoon. Now, um, speaking of Saskatoon, um, this is the one, two matchup. I mean, uh, uh, but they've had a very different, they've had a very different route than you guys. I mean, they had that crazy seven gamer with Bedard and the Pats in the first round. And then the reverse sweep down three, nothing and winning four in a row. Um, the paths are different to get here, but it's all even again come Friday night. Um, but tell us about the match against Saskatoon, what you remember from playing them in the regular season, what the keys are to uh, keep it rolling for the ice at home. Yeah, I think, you know, they're a good defensive team. They skate really well. Um, you know, similar to Moose Jaw, in, in some ways, they have some highly skilled players that can, you know, make you pay when you're making mistakes. So I think playing a clean game, not really making any, having any turnovers or um, feeding into their offense will, will be key. Uh, I've got to ask you a personal question, and I know it's all about the team right now, but, uh, I mean, man, nine goals, nine assists, 18 points in 10 games. I mean, uh, it looks and seems like you're really feeling it right now. I mean, uh, from a personal standpoint, maybe talk about your line mates a little bit. I mean, uh, just how, how good are you feeling right now and that confidence level amongst your team and when you guys are on the ice? 
Yeah, I think, you know, my game's definitely been feeling good in the last couple months and, and definitely leading into the playoffs. And, um, you know, I think I'm hitting my stride at, at the right time and my line mates as well. I mean, you know, I can't talk talk enough about the, the guys I play with, the abilities they have, the, the skill they have with the puck and, and the way they can find me and, and vice versa. It's it's pretty special when we're on the ice, just the chemistry we have. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun playing with playing with those guys. What uh, what was the message from uh, from Jeep James Patrick after uh, the game six win, knowing that you were coming back home and uh, had a couple days before the uh, puck drops on Friday against the Blades? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we get uh, we got a quick little time to enjoy this, and then uh, flip the page and refocus on on next round and really dive into how we're going to need to beat Saskatoon and what we're going to need to do. So, um, you know, I think he does a really good job on keeping us focused on the task at hand and. Um, I think that's 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 what he did after Game Six. Hey, I, I, you know, in between series, I mean, considering how physical it is and the uh, the drain, especially on players that are playing so much like yourselves, um, do you guys spend very much time on the ice? And how much of the preparation is mental and and, and video work uh, for your upcoming opponent? Yeah, I think you know, there's a lot of different things that go on in between the series. You definitely want to manage your rest and um, how your body's feeling, depending on what happened in the previous series. If you you know, maintain any injuries. Luckily, you know, none of our guys did. And um, we're really healthy going into this next series. So, um, you know, we're feeling really good. And I think we've, we've done a lot of video and pre-scouts. So, um, you know, we feel really well prepared going into this series. Well, I can tell you what, I think ice fans are well prepared, ready to go for Friday night at the ice cave and then game two on Saturday, 4 p.m. I believe is that game on Saturday. Uh, Matt, Keep it rolling. Um, it's been great to see what you guys have done through the first couple rounds, but uh, I think we know the goals for this team are very high, and um, that'll include a win this series and hopefully moving on to the WHL championships. Good luck to the ice. Uh, have a great weekend and uh, start off well at home. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, great stuff with Matt Savoy. Good luck to the ice tomorrow as they get going with the uh, Saskatoon Blades in game one of their third round playoff series. Um, all right, we got to get to the cool bet lines. It is NFL draft tonight and lots going on in the National Hockey League. But before we do that, we do want to get you a little bit of Rick bonus from just in the last hour at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas before tonight's game five. We spent quite a bit of time with Ken talking about Ehlers being quote unquote a game time decision again. But some optimism around the possibility of him playing tonight. Here is uh, Bones me- meeting Ken, Jeff, Marat, and the rest of the assembled media to talk about Ehlers and his situation heading into tonight. Uh, Nick Ehlers will be a game time decision tonight. He'll feel his one. Uh, and there's a couple more that we'll, uh, we'll have to make a little later. Appleton is full consideration then? He, yes, Apple. Yeah. Yeah, we were thinking about that. Yeah. What would Kyle bring if you do make that decision? Uh, a little more offense, right? And without Mark on the power play, uh, he gives us another option on the power play. You take Mark out of there, um, and he's he's a no go. <laughs> uh, you take Mark out of there, uh, we, we need another power play guy. So if we make that move, that'll that's where Capo will go. I'm sorry, just with Nikolai, has he received medical? He will, that will be a game time decision. <laughs> That's the, uh, that is the line of the Jets playoffs so far. 
game time decision, Reem. Um, and hey, as we said with Ken, I mean, you know, until you get that clearance and he's good to go, um, he's not going. And uh, we've been close before, uh, or thought that Nick Leiters had been playing, but um, certainly this team needs him more now than ever with Mark Shifley out. Um, but I find it interesting that Capo Bianco is coming in, and I sort of asked this question to Ken. Coach sort of talked about that there. They are looking for a little bit more offense, and Capo Bianco, in his limited um, playing time this year, has provided some of that. And it sounds like Capo Bianco is going to be uh, maybe part of the second power play unit as well. Yeah, someone in chat, uh, Doug Fell writes Capo and PP1 instead of Pianca. No, no, no. Pianca's, he's in PP1, but I guess two would be. Schmidt and and Capo, I'm I'm not. Well, and, and the thing is, with the amount and like Ken made a great point. I mean, with the amount of heavy five on five minutes for Schmidt and Demello, Dylan and Pionk, um, you know, the ability to have one of the guys maybe in your bottom pairing take a few of those minutes and hopefully do well with them might actually help the guys out that are you know they're not on the power play. So. I think that is all uh, all part of it. I mean, here's a little bit more from Bones. I mean, he talked about what he needs to see from Ehlers to uh, get him in the lineup, but uh, in addition to that doctor's note, I guess. What, what do you need to see from him after yesterday's... He, he needs medical clearance. Okay. And I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Are you as confident as you've been that he'll be at your disposal? Uh, yes. Yeah, but that'll be a... Yeah. That's not Mighty's fine. That's well. That's, yeah, I'm not a doctor. That's not my final call. Yeah. And again, we're not going to put a player out in the ice that uh, unless we know. Uh, we're not going to put him in a vulnerable position. So let the doctors make that call. All right, Rick Bone is talking about uh, still awaiting medical clearance, but I think that his answer to the question of is this is you've been that he'll be able to play does give us an indication that you know he hopefully will be there. And I mean, listen. If he's not there tonight, that'll be incredibly disappointing. And I mean, a big part of this series overall, whether the team can win tonight's game and get it back to Saturday here in the peg or not, um, you know, missing Eli Ehlers has, has compounded things that just got worse in game three with the early exit of Morrissey and game four with the early exit of Shifley. Both of those players not part of the Winnipeg Jets lineup for tonight. Uh, one more here from Bones, and um, this isn't as much about the lineup, but more about what they need to do to make Lauren Brassois' life a little more miserable and a little more difficult. Here's Bones on um, the need to get more traffic in front of LB. We just got to get in there a little bit more. Uh, I think what's happening is that when we're there, the puck's not coming there. So we're, it's just a little bit out of sync. It's not that we're not getting there. It's just that we, when we are there, the puck's not coming there at the same time. So we just got to coordinate that a little bit better. And the big thing for us in that situation is that be ready to shoot the puck quicker. We're waiting a little too long. So we always talk about that traffic. Well, that's one thing, but the puck's got to get there at the right time. And if we don't shoot it when that angle when that opening is there, then we're missing that opportunity. And then they're going to be able to push us out of there. So we're just trying to coordinate that a little better. All right. So uh, there's Bones on tonight's game. All systems go for game five. And we'll find out tonight whether we'll be uh, talking about game six tomorrow or already getting into off-season mode as the Winnipeg Jets have their backs against the wall. Shout out to Patrolman Pete, huge ice fan. Thanks for the super chat, Pete. He's uh, all fired up for game one tomorrow 
for the Ice and the Saskatoon Blades, and you can get tickets available now. I believe there's still a few left. Uh, Ice Cave's been packed all playoffs long, and that's not going to be changing anytime soon as they push towards a WHL Championship Series if they can get through this round. So, uh, Rima, I know we'll get to the lines in a minute, but... Um, this is a, a wild time. It seems like we could be on the pre- uh, precipice of ending the Jets season. But as I mentioned at the start of the show, the Islanders found a way to win on the road. The Florida Panthers found a way to win on the road. And, um, you know, regardless of who's in or out of the lineup, all hands on deck tonight. And the Jets got to find a way to win on the road and uh, then maybe figure out how to win a home game. Yeah, I enjoyed that last uh, quote from Bonus saying we got to get the shots on at the right time. So it's going to be up to us at home watching on TV, yelling at the TV, shoot, whenever the Jets have the puck to make sure they get it on net and get that traffic on Lauren Brossois. And I think that'll help them get those shots on net, cause that traffic. I mean, yeah, shoot guy, shoot guys unite. He's got to yell him, shoot, when they have the puck and uh, they'll hear us through the TV. And uh, done deal. Just got to do what uh, they did on the Adam Lowry triangle on repeat. It's that easy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to the uh, the lines for uh, tonight's game. Uh, of course, the Jets, not the only team facing elimination tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning are. They're in Toronto to take on the Leafs. The Leafs, a minus 157 home favorite. The Lightning, plus 133. And Reem, I don't know about you. Listen, I did pick the Leafs to win this series. I thought this was their time. They finally get out. That being said, nothing is ever easy with this team. And uh, I have a hard time believing that the Lightning, after blowing those two third-period leads on home ice and with their backs against the wall, will not be bringing their best tonight. Uh, I don't mind Tampa at plus 133 to extend this series. Yeah, I mean, if you hate the Leafs, uh, sure. Like, why not? You want to see? think it's going to go seven? Um, yeah, I think that's decent value. We'll see if the Leafs can close it out. Historically, when they've been up in this position, 3-1, they haven't been able to, to do it. But, I don't know, it seems like everyone's figured out Vasilevsky now. Did you hear that? What, he doesn't let in? He lets in all uh, point shots from the left yeah, side. Th- and Thanks to Lalonde. Yeah, yeah, John Cooper and Vasilevsky, not too impressed with those comments of... Uh, the Detroit Red Wings head coach working on the Sportsnet panel. And Cooper essentially called it BS yesterday in uh, in his availability. Bottom line is Vasilevsky's looked very, very human after being a guy that has been basically a playoff legend for the last few years, winning those two cups and getting to the cup final as well last year. It's 2-2 between the Rangers and Devils. And this one looked like it could be over quick after the first two games in New Jersey. The road team has won every game in this series I'm not sure that that changes tonight. I think the Rangers bounce back. I think Ilya Shesterkin proves that he's the best goalie in this series, not Arvid Schmid, who is a 966 from his first two starts. He'll be back in the net tonight. Rangers plus 106 dog on the road, and the Devils minus 124. And then we get to the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. And Remo, this is exactly where we like the Jets to be, being written off, being the biggest underdog on the board tonight, plus 152. Um, if there's one trend that the Winnipeg Jets have had all year long is when they have been counted out, that's actually when they've risen to the occasion. And uh, there will be no more occasions if they cannot rise tonight. Yeah, I thought Ken said it really well. Like, when, just when you think the Jets are done and they don't have it, they come out and pull out a win. And just when you think the Jets are back and they've got it going on and they figure out a way to uh, stumble a little bit. Um, I agree. and. 
maybe this is the time where everyone's writing them off and uh, they come out hard and, and steal a game. So we've seen it before. We really don't know what to expect. I think a lot depends on Nikolai Ehlers. It will be easier, but this whole like medical clearance thing, it's like, I don't think I've ever like, have we ever like had a player where you're just like waiting for medical clearance? Like this, and it's yeah. not. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, it happens all the time with concussions. It happens, and again, we don't know what the. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, like, we're gonna find been, out. This, I heard somebody. I can't remember who it was. Speculate that he thought he was ready to go, and then there may have been some sort of a setback, you know, with a concussion symptom, which basically adds another week to it. Now, listening to Ehlers talk yesterday, I actually don't think that is the case. But um, listen, player safety has to be first. Um, but if he's able to go, he'll be there tonight, and I think he'll have a great jump and add a lot to the Jet lineup, but desperately needs him with Shifley and Morrissey out. By the way, if you are still a believer in the Jets' ability to come back in this series or the Leafs' ability to disappoint their fans again in incredible fashion, both Tampa and the Winnipeg Jets are 9-1, to plus 900 to win their series, meaning that they would win games five, six, and seven. Um, all of the series odds are still up, adjusted to where they are right now. Um, Rangers and Devils. Devils actually now the favorite in this series at minus 116, which is interesting. Carolina is still a pretty big favorite with uh, two outs against the Islanders at minus 417. Um, and the Dallas Stars in Minnesota Wild, Dallas minus 434, 435 heading to the Twin Cities. Um, Edmonton the favorite. But here's the one that is the most shocking and surprising, Remo. The Seattle Kraken, minus 179 favorites. Avalanche plus 150 after the Kraken's win in Denver last night to push the champs within one game of elimination. Crazy. This was the one series where I was like, well, Seattle, they got... They got no chance. Like, I'm taking the defending cup champions in four, of course, against an expansion franchise whose MVP was Vince Dunn this season. I mean, come on. It's an easy pick here. Uh, no. Seattle up 3-2, and that would be a crazy upset. I know Colorado, they've battled injuries pretty much all season, and they're really into it now with Landis Cog still hurt, Makar. Uh, Makar was suspended last game. That's not really an injury, but and Nikushkin, uh, his absence. Um, they're short some guys. They're definitely not the team they were last year, but I think they're really strong. I think it's still going to go seven. I, I don't doubt Colorado, but uh, well, uh, this will be fascinating if Seattle can uh, advance because uh, I know they've got great fans and they were all fired up for their first uh, what home playoff win ever. So uh, this will be. I think I'm tuned into that game six. My ears are they're perked even up. more fired up coming back home for game six with yep. the opportunity to move on to the second round and bounce. Uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, one other thing to mention while we're talking about cool bet, the NFL draft is on tonight. There are a ton of markets. Dusty and I went over some of our favorite picks today on the Lock Shop. So you can check out the Lock Shop at Lock Shop Bets on YouTube. Hit the subscribe while you're at it uh, or wherever you get your favorite podcast for all of that. I do, though, have an exclusive that we've cooked up for the draft tonight. Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback who is the darling of the combine to be drafted in the top five and under one and a half running backs to be drafted in round one. That is, uh, that's my selection at six to one. 
Um, Dusty's also got one over four and a half QBs, over one and a half running backs, over one and a half tight ends, and under one or under three point five receivers drafted in the first round of plus six twenty five. I'm not taking that one though, because I'm on the under for the running backs, along with Anthony Richardson, to be drafted in the top five. And there's a ton of cool bet exclusives, including a boosted one for the Jets, the winter storm warning, Kyle Connor to score, Neil Pionk to get a point, and the Jets to win, plus 650. Tons of other ones, too many to go through, but go check it out. Always great lines in the cool bet exclusives. If you're stuck on what to wager on, uh, we've got it all there for you. Baseball as well, NBA playoffs. What a shocker last night. I know Kabilis was watching. The Milwaukee Bucks blowing it in the fourth quarter, losing it overtime, and Giannis and the Bucks out as the number one seed in five games. Just an absolute stunner. Um, Jimmy Buckets, though, looking pretty damn good for the Miami Heat, who move on to the second round. So the Knicks are in, uh, the uh, Heat are in, and the Cavs and the Bucks, two teams that many people thought would be playing for a trip to the conference finals, both headed to the golf course. The plan for the Winnipeg Jets is to avoid the fate of the Bucks and the Cavaliers and live to play another day. Uh, positive vibes only, folks. Tomorrow on the program, we'll set up Game 6 on Saturday at Canada Life Centre between the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and I can guarantee that we'll talk ice, we'll talk moose before the playoffs as well. Um, but a big question mark as to what happens tonight. You got to survive that first period. Got to get the best out of Connor Hellebuck. Got to have players like Pierre Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, and fingers crossed the return of Nikolai Ehlers all to step up and find a way to get this thing back to the peg and give us one more chance to uh, put the whites on and hopefully get a better result at home in front of the home crowd. It's Nine o'clock puck drop tonight. So you might want to mix a nap in after WST. One thing that you want to make sure you do is you'll join us tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, it's either recapping the series or all systems go and firing it up for a game Saturday. Um, and a couple things could happen. Ken said, you know, most likely in the afternoon, if the Jets are able to win and the Leafs win, I think that game is at 6 o'clock. But if the Leafs win, they'll have that 6 o'clock time. We know the Oilers are going to be playing the Kings in the late window. Um, so it won't be another 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock start. It'll probably be 3 o'clock or 6 o'clock. Let's just hope that that game happens. We'll find out tonight shortly after 9 p.m. from Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Thanks to Matt Savoy of the Winnipeg Ice, Jeff Malott of the Manitoba Moose, Ken Weeb of Sportsnet, and, of course, Sarah Orleski for joining us today from Vegas. Folks, uh, hopefully this isn't the last one, but wherever you are tonight, make the most of it. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Stanley Cup playoff hockey with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, fingers crossed we'll be setting up game six tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. And apologies for some technical snafus that seem to conspire against us. But uh, we powered through. The Jets power through tonight as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow about the latest in the Stanley Cup playoffs and everything happening on the ice here in Winnipeg on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for being with us. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 